Blog Talk Radio.
listening to Reaching Out Radio International tonight. If you're listening live, this is January 14th. If you're in the United States of America or Canada or South America, if you happen to be in Europe or Southeast Asia and other parts of the world, you might already be experiencing January 15th. But what, whatever, whatever you're doing, wherever you're listening from, I want to bless you in the name that's above every other name. That's the precious and most wonderful, the highest name, the most honorable name, the name that at the sound of his name, demons tremble and deliverance comes to pass for everyone that calls in sincerity on the name of Jesus. So this is your Sister Pearl, and you're listening to In the Word with Sister Pearl and Reaching Out Radio International. I'm so glad that you chose in your busy schedule to listen in. Uh, You might be driving in your car. You might be listening in your home with some other people gathered in a living room. You might be uh, in a hospital, in in a prison, You might be jogging, you might be uh, listening with your earphones, wherever you're listening on whatever situation, whether you're listening live or on demand, I just want to thank God for you, and I want to remind you that God has a very, very special plan for your life. You're not listening to radio, uh, reaching out Radio International by accident or by coincidence. God has a purpose for you. And uh, as you listen, I believe you're going to understand uh, a little bit more of that purpose. I want to give a very big welcome and shout out to a few of our newest nations joining us, and that's the nation of Croatia. God bless you. We welcome you. Republic of Serbia, Honduras, Ecuador, Venezuela, and Taiwan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so happy that you are the newest places that are now receiving Reaching Out Radio International. And it is such a joy to be able to come into your homes, your offices, your lives. Such a joy. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, first of all, for the opportunity of having these new nations. And uh, we're growing in our nations that we're reaching out to close to 100 nations. I don't know if we've hit the 100 mark yet, but we're certainly edging our way close to that if we've not already reached it. And so we're just so happy, and I want to thank you for joining us on behalf of our visionary and leader, Evangelist Montel Fields, the lady who um, is the main person behind reaching out Radio International on her behalf and all of her hosts, of which I have the privilege to serve as one. We want to thank you so much for tuning in tonight. God bless you. And I want to wish you, this is the first time that I'm actually coming on for 2024. So happy and joyous New Year 2024 to all who God has brought into this brand new year. Hallelujah. Congratulations. What a privilege and an honor to be yet in the land of the living. So now that you and I are here, What do we do? Many people have prophesied or predicted what they believe will happen this year. However, here at Reaching Out Radio International, we encourage you to look to Jesus and make sure that you're placing him front and center in your life. Because this is what we desire to do. When Christ takes the preeminent position and first rank in your life and in my life, then he is able to do the exceedingly abundantly above all that is needed to be done as we face our daily struggles and challenges. So this evening, I want to lay the foundation for all of us, including myself, listening to this broadcast. There's only one way that we're going to walk into the full blessings and provision the Lord has for us and our loved ones this year. And that is to simply place Jesus front and center. So that is the title of tonight's message, Jesus front 
and center. I'm going to use several scriptures, but my main scriptures are coming from uh, Colossians 3.17. That's the main one. And let me read it for you. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'm going to read you another scripture as well, and it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 through 20. Do you not see and know that your bodies and members, bodily parts of Christ, the Messiah, Am I therefore to take the parts of Christ and make them parts of a prostitute? Never. Never. Or do you not know and realize that when a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? The two, it is written, shall become one flesh. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Flee from impurity in thought, word, or deed. Any other sin which a man commits is one outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received? As a gift from God, you are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with the preciousness, and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. I'm going to just ask us to bow. And as I always say, if you're not able to bow your head or stop for for any reason, that's quite all right. Just in your heart, bow your heart with me as I am able to bow my head. And we're just going to ask the Lord to breathe upon me as the one bringing forth this word. His word is already anointed, does not need for me to add anything to it, but I am his handmaiden. I'm one of his many, many, many handmaidens. And I have been given the privilege to break the bread of life with you as you listen to this word tonight. So let's just pray that God will use everything that he gives me to say to be a blessing to you. And that I not speak of my own will or desire, but I speak clearly the word and the will of the Lord for us in this critical hour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, as I said earlier, grateful for the new nations that you've given us. Thank you for them, Lord God. Bless them from Croatia to Taiwan, Venezuela, Honduras, Republic of Serbia, all of those wonderful nations. Lord God, bless them abundantly. And uh, I pray that the word of God that they hear will be such uh, a means of strength and inspiration. Remember also Ecuador, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will bring this word that you've given to me so clear. Bring it home tonight. We have been blessed of you to enter 2024. And for some of us, we're just in the second week. We just completed the second week. For some of us, we're already beginning at the very head of the third week. But wherever we are, Lord God, we want Jesus to be front and center. If there are people listening that do not know the Lord tonight, I pray that by the end of this message, they will want to run into the ark of safety, run into the arms of Jesus before it be too late. Because I cannot imagine living in this season without the Lord. I couldn't imagine it in any other time of my life, but I especially cannot imagine it now. So I pray that you would just, in your love and tender mercies, draw the men, draw the women, the young girls, the young boys to yourself that they would have a hunger and a thirst to know you, hunger and a thirst for righteousness, Lord God, that they would happily come uh, and, and bow their hearts and heads before you, Lord God, wanting you to be 
made Lord and master of their lives. We've certainly tried doing things our own way, and that's not working. Lord, we want you. You're the creator of us. You're the master of us. You're the one who designed us. You know how we take better than we understand ourselves. So we invite you to take full control of this message, your handmaiden that's delivering it, touch the hearts, the minds, the listening ears of everyone across these over 91 nations, Lord God. Touch everyone, whether they be in Asia or in Africa or in Europe or in North America, South America, the Caribbean islands, wherever they be, in Australia, the Oceania islands, Lord God, wherever they be, draw them by your Holy Spirit to understand that if we're going to succeed in this year, Jesus must be placed front and center. These things we ask in no other name but the powerful and merciful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Another verse that I love to uh, quote and I love to dwell on and to meditate on and to think about is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, I've often spoke about what the kingdom of God looks like and how vastly it differs from the kingdoms of this present world. I mean, these are two diametrically opposed kingdoms, the kingdoms of this fallen world versus the kingdom of God. If you're interested, you can always go. All of these are on our podcast, or you can just Google in the word with Sister Pearl reaching out radio, and you can look up kingdom of God. I did a few messages about God's kingdom. The believing man and woman of God simply has to do everything in the name of the Lord. And so so what does that mean, to do something in Christ's name? I would like to emphasize here what the Apostle Paul said when he wrote to the church at Philippi and stated, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So the believing man or woman of God, they're totally invested in living for Christ. So to hear the phrase Jesus front and center is not strange to that type of an individual because their lives evolve around Jesus, not Jesus evolving around them. And I'm going to explain that as we go further into this message. So for me to live is Christ. My whole life as a believer following the Lord Jesus is to be about Jesus. I'm not sure where we get the notion, but I really believe some people do, that it's perfectly okay to just add a little bit of Jesus to our lives. You know, as if we were cooking a meal and adding a spice. Well, Jesus is not the spice that we're adding to the meal. Instead, he is the entire meal. I recall, and that's kind of aging me right now, I recall that that we had a famous commercial many decades ago. It was for men's hair cream. The jingle said, a little dab will do ya. This was a cream that if the the men, they had their hair and it was kind of um, undisciplined or it looked not kept, it looked a little bit wild or it looked a little bit dry, they would put this particular hair cream, just a little bit, and they would rub it between their two palms and then rub it through their hair, and that that cream would just smooth down the hair and moisturize it. And, of course, they had a commercial, the woman that was, you know, she was up in arms when he, she saw him with this unkept hair, but then he went and got this famous men's hair cream, and he just put a, a little dab through his hair, and all of a sudden it was smooth and it was luxurious, and it was, um, 
all of a sudden she was running her fingers through the man's hair. It was it was quite entertaining. But the jingle was very well known throughout North America. I believe not only the United States of America, but Canada as well. And the main theme was a little dab will do you. And I often think there are people claiming to be Christians who feel as if they too just need a little dab of Jesus. However, in all reality, there is no such thing as a little dab of Jesus. It's the exact opposite when it comes to life in Christ. I never forget one time uh, my father, who was the preacher and the pastor of the church I attended as a child and even as a young teenager growing up, he invited a young woman uh, that was, you know, becoming a preacher. He heard about her through another gentleman, and he invited her to preach. And she spoke. It was quite an interesting message because that happened at least, wow, many, many, many decades ago, and I still remember it because at that time, LSD, which was a hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic drug, LSD, very infamous drug at that time, would cause the people that took it to hallucinate. She said she wanted to use LSD as her theme for that message she was going to preach in my dad's church. And she said, Let's, I'm, going to, I'm going to title my message tonight, LSD, a little bit of love, a little bit of salvation, and a little bit of deliverance. And even as a young child listening to it, I thought about how ludicrous that was to even think that we just need a little bit of love, a little bit of salvation, and a little bit of deliverance. No, you and I don't need a little bit of anything when it comes to the kingdom of God, especially pertaining to Christ in our lives. It is not a little dab will do us. We need to be fully immersed in Christ. We need to allow Christ and his, the power of his Holy Spirit to take us over completely not just to offer him different compartments as if it were, you know, a house and we let him in one or two rooms and yet he's excluded from the rest of the house. Jesus and serving Christ is not like that. And again, I repeat, I often think that there are people today, even in 2024, that think all they need is a little dab of Jesus. And, and you might say, well, Sister Pearl, where are you getting this from? Why do you think there are people that are thinking that? Because of the way they're living. They're not living with Christ as the one who's front and center. They're living, you know, they want Jesus to help them. They want Jesus to give them stuff. They want Jesus to get them out of a jailhouse experience. They want Jesus to make them look good. They'll utter the name of Jesus if they're in a religious setting. But then for the rest of the week, for the days, if you look at them, there is nothing that looks even closely related to Jesus or his kingdom. Interesting. There's another verse that I love. So let's just remember, you don't need a little bit of Jesus. You need all of Jesus. It's not a little dab. And we're not doing Jesus any favors, by the way. Some people think, oh, yes, I went to church on Sunday, so I did my, you know, I did my religious deed. I'm going to explain how this is very wrong thinking. This is a misconception. 
I want to read to you from Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, by his Holy Spirit, lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, my bodily life, I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I just read to you from the Amplified Classic Version, but let me read what I've memorized. I I didn't write it down in my notes, but I'm going to quote it. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not I that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the Son of God who loves me, loved me, continues to love me, and has given himself for me. Now, that that I just read to you from Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 in the New Testament, that is not a little dab will do you. That is talking about an individual that has allowed themselves to let Christ totally be the Lord and the master of their life to the point that We should see Jesus in them more than we see them. How about that? So here again, we see the Christ in the life of the true believer. The true follower of him has placed Jesus front and center. That person that really says that Christ is the one that lives in me. person is not just taking on a little bit of Jesus. Because they already said, I'm crucified with Christ. He was crucified on my behalf. But I want you to know that I'm willing to die to my self-will and let Christ's life live inside of me. So again, we see that Christ is the life, in the life of the true believer. That believer's entire life evolves around Christ. Another term that I really like to use, now listen carefully, is that Christ was not made for us, but we were made for Christ. Oh, my goodness. Did you get that? Because a lot of people, they get the wrong understanding. They get a misconception. And they really believe in their heart of hearts that Christ was made for them. But I want you to read your Bible. When you read your Bible, you know that Christ is God. And the Bible says that he was in the beginning and nothing was made without him. So, in other words, before you and I were created, Christ is always there. Christ was not made for us. We were made to honor Christ. If we get this understanding, then and only then can we honor him and know our assignment. So let me read again from our main theme verse in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. And whatever you do, whatever I do, whether it's in word, if it's I'm speaking something, or I'm doing something, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, as I walk on planet Earth, people do not see a physical Jesus walking any longer on the streets of Jerusalem or in any parts of Israel or in any other parts around the globe. But what they can see is the people who have been 
totally devoted to him and have his Holy Spirit living inside of them. And so they now are Christ ambassadors. So now I am an ambassador for Christ. We talked about this in an earlier message last year or even the year before about how we are ambassadors for Christ, those of us that have given our lives over to him in full surrender. And while the people are not seeing a, a, a physical Jesus any longer on the earth, they do see us. We're not Jesus, and we will never be Jesus, but we're his ambassadors. And so whatever we do, whether it's by the spoken word, whether we say something to somebody, we have a comment to make, or we do something to somebody, for somebody, whatever we do, the Bible says to do everything in the name of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? That means that I'm doing it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoa. I'm doing it in his name. That understanding alone should be a shocker. That means I cannot say just anything. I cannot say it just any kind of how. I cannot do just anything that I in my own flesh feel like I want to do. Because the Bible tells me, the word of God tells me, that whatever I do, I should be doing it in the name of the Lord. I'm representing him. I'm doing it in his power. I'm doing it under his authority. And I'm hoping and praying that I'm not misrepresenting him. Whatever I do, I'm supposed to be doing it in his name. Even if I go into a fast food restaurant and I order a meal, and maybe they didn't do something the way I would like them to do it, how am I handling that situation? When they talk to me rudely or they give me the wrong order, whatever I do in word or deed, I'm doing it in the name of the Lord. So I don't know. But I know one thing. God wants me to represent him in that situation. I remember one time, I think I've told some of you this before, but a lot of you have never heard me say this. One time I was in a particular Southeast Asian uh, country, and somebody stepped on my toe. They knew they stepped on my, my toe. They looked at me after they stepped on my toe. As if to say, I know I stepped on your toe, but I'm not saying sorry. I want you to know that I know that I stepped on your toe, and now what are you going to do about it? That was the clear look. And what was I doing? I was on my way to preach in a local church about Jesus and to share the gospel. So I had a challenge. What do I do? How do I react? And then I remember that I represent Jesus. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, I'm not saying that you should never, you know, let somebody know that, you know, this happened and in the right way try to see if they could understand what they just did. But I just sent from the Lord that day when it was clearly that that person was trying to rub me the wrong way on purpose. I heard from the Lord in my spirit, let it go. I'm telling you, Pearl, just let it go. And you never even know why that person did that. But just bless them. Let it go. Smile. Thank God your toe is not hurt very deeply. You can still walk and you can still make your appointment. I let it go. I remembered that whatever I do in word or deed. Now, I wish I could tell you that I've always behaved so righteously. I have not. True confession is good for the soul. But I know what I should be doing. And I, I pray that more and more this is what I'm doing, that I'm doing everything in the name of the Lord, because I don't want to dishonor his holy name. 
I'm very acutely aware that he needs to be front and center, not me, not me. See, if I'm front and center, I might have said something to that person that day as I was on my way to preach the gospel. But I was not front and center. Jesus was front and center. This is what I mean. And I forgave that person, even though I didn't say I forgive you, but I forgave that person in my heart in the name of the Lord. So that's an example, just a small example of how it should look when we do something in the name of the Lord. Uh, How I treat, if I'm a teacher, how I treat the students. If I'm a worker, how I treat the coworkers, how I treat my supervisor, how I do my work, conscientious about the way that I work because I know that everything I'm doing should be to the glory and the honor of God. Because I just, I just read Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, that means your work, your play. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to be competitive if you're in a sport. But even that, whatever you do, you should be doing it. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know, it, even playing that sport should be done in the name of the Lord. And meaning that that should be something that God would not be ashamed of watching you do that. If I treat my my child or if you treat your children, that should be done in the name of the Lord. Uh, Your spouse, your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, whatever you do, whatever you say to them, it should be in the name of the Lord. Christians do a lot of things. Thank God not everybody, but there's some people professing to be Christians, and they have done some very ugly things, and they're certainly not operating in the name of the Lord. Yet when they get into a church building, they put on a different act. That is hypocrisy, and God sees right through it. When I am settled in this understanding, then Luke 23 is better comprehended. And he said to all, if any man, if any person wills to come after me, all right, let him deny himself or herself, disown himself, in other words, forget about themselves, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Refuse and give up himself and take up his cross, meaning Jesus' cross now. We take up the cross that Jesus gave us. We take up the cross that he gives us and we follow Jesus. Cleave steadfastly to Jesus, to me. Confirm wholly to my example in living and if necessary, in dying also. So in other words, if anybody wants to go after Jesus, we got to be willing to deny ourselves, deny our own flesh. Does that mean we don't take care of our bodies? Of course not. Of course we take care of our bodies. Of course we take care of our minds. Of course we eat properly. Of course we take care of our children, our loved ones. This is not what it means about denying yourself. It means that Your will, when it comes into conflict with what God wills for you, that you say like the Lord Jesus, nevertheless, Father, not my will, but let yours be done. Going back to that story where the person stepped on me, and they knew that, and they were not repentant, and they wanted me to know that they knew that they stepped on me, and they weren't going to say a word. Now, in my flesh, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to react. And if I were not a Christian, it would have been appropriate for me to tell them off, tell them exactly how I felt, and make myself feel a little bit better. 
But you know what? I had to deny myself of what I felt like doing. I had to deny myself, lose sight of myself, my own interests, take up my cross. Well, that wasn't really a big cross. I mean, let's not stretch it. That is not a real cross, the fact that somebody stepped on my toe or the fact that my, the tire went flat in a car. That's not a real cross to bear. A real cross to bear is a little bit more difficult when you're facing daily challenges in your life. And you know what that means, and I know what that means. You're living with a difficult person. Um, You have to deal uh, with a lot of maybe injustice on your job or in your school or in your neighborhood. And it becomes a daily thing, a daily test. That's like a cross. But God allows you to have that cross. And so he's going to teach you. He's going to teach me, but he wants us to be able to bear that cross and follow him. Cleave very close to him. And while, he's, while we're doing that, he's conforming us to him, to his personhood. He's, he's conforming us, and he's helping to make us become more like him. Can you see now that this misunderstanding of a little dab will do you can never apply? Neither is it relevant to Christ and his kingdom. Jesus demands total and complete allegiance to him. My heart, I'm going to tell you the truth. Sister Pearl's heart goes out to the people who do not know the word of God and are ignorant of what is taught in the Bible. That's why I'm so grateful to the Lord and to Evangelist Montel for giving me this opportunity to speak to you, whether you're listening on podcasts, you're you're listening on the Internet, however you're listening. I am grateful for this opportunity because I want to break down, you know, and, and help you to understand for those of you that are not learning in the Word of God, I want you to understand a little bit more of what you know presently. Amen? So, 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 so many people, they go to what they believe are Christian churches where they're not taught properly the word of God. Instead, the preacher is talking about some motivational talk. He misguides the leaders, the listeners, I'm sorry. He misguides the listeners, and he gives them a motivational talk. Going to the house of God is not for us to get, you know, a feel-good motivational talk. does not need more motivational speakers. The world is already full of them. In all of the nations that I mentioned, there are at least one or more motivational speakers. What we need are men and women of God willing to communicate the full counsel of God and teach the people the full cost of following Christ. I was just thinking about something that happened recently, a conversation that I was listening to. I didn't really participate in the conversation because I knew the other side of that. And the people that were talking, I could tell they had no knowledge of what I knew. And so I felt it was inappropriate for me to say anything at that time. I'm hoping that later on, if it's the Lord's will, that I would get a chance to speak into that. But what it was about, it was about a couple. And this couple, especially the the male part of the couple, he's going around all over and he's preaching and he's casting out demons and he's doing this and he's doing the next thing. And at the reality, the reality of it is he's an adulterer. What of adulterers? I don't know how it is in your nations. I believe it's probably similar to like how it is in America. But there's a lot of pastors that are adulterers, that leave their wives, the wives of their youth, that they father children with, 
And after maybe 20 some odd years and more, then they get tired of them. Then they go on and find somebody else. Sometimes it's a secretary, sometimes it's somebody. But I've heard this story over and over and over again because I've been serving the Lord for several decades now. And sad to say, this, this is the reality. Thank God that there are hundreds of thousands of pastors that have not committed adultery and they're not leaving their wives and they're not marrying other people. And they're not involved with other people. But there's too many of these people that are doing that. Talking about putting Jesus front and center. When Christ is front and center, even if there is some kind of a temptation for a man to leave his wife or a wife to leave her husband, the person putting Christ front and center would take that temptation to the cross of Jesus, cry out to God, confess that sinful desire that has come to their mind with another brother or sister they trust, ask for prayer, ask for counsel, and they will not be indulging in what their flesh would like. That's the person that puts Jesus front and center. See, because when you're following Jesus front and center, that means he's front and center. When you and I want to sin and do our own things, we got to tell Jesus, wait, Jesus, um, right now, you need to take a back seat. Because there's some stuff that I'd like to do. And you're really not going to fit in what I have intention to do right now. So, Jesus, you know, you need to either close your eyes or you need to turn around or you need to walk around the corner or you need to do something else because right now I am not placing you front and center. Right now, I'm going to place my sinful desire front and center. Right now, I'm going to honor what the devil would like me to do, put you at the back. You might say, oh, but Sister Pearl, I would never do that. But that's exactly what you and I are doing when we give in to sinful desires. And this is 2024. The devil has never been playing games with people that claim to follow Christ. He has never been doing it. And he is definitely not doing it now. This in 2024 is not the time for you or for me to give Jesus just a little bit tension, a little bit of our love, a little bit of our ambition, a little bit of our time, a little bit of our heart, a little surrender, but not fully. This is not the day, because I can tell you, if this is what you or I have in mind, we are not going to make it throughout 2024. If we're about to make it, if we're serious about making it with God and in his kingdom and we want to fulfill the death for our lives, no matter what continent you're living in, no matter what the government political situation looks like, you might be in Israel. You might be living in Palestine. It does not make a difference. You're going to have to put Jesus front and center. No wonder Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 50 and 51. I'm going to read it for you. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, 
which I will give for the life of the world. And now when we follow Christ as his disciples, he becomes our everything. Some people, they didn't like when Jesus said that, that I'm the flesh and whoever eats this bread will live forever. They didn't like that. What do you mean I have to drink of your, you know, of your blood and eat of your flesh? What is it? But what Jesus meant is that I am your life. Bread represents this. I am your life. So, of course, you want to live and you want to live successfully, you've got to place me front and center. You've got to ask me and allow me to be your everything. You've got to get off of the throne of your life, and you've got to place me on the throne of your life. You've got to make me Lord, make me master, make me king, make me boss, make me the chief, make me the leader. This is why we played at the very beginning of this message, Jesus Be the Center of My Life by Darlene Chet. It states Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be. It's always been you, Jesus, Jesus. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do because, Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. So, obviously, Darlene Chet understood that she was made for Jesus, not Jesus being made for her. Everything revolves around you. Jesus be the center of your church, and every knee will bow, and every tongue shall confess. Jesus, at the center of it all. Jesus, I've turned this message front and center. I don't know where you are spiritually. I don't know if you're walking with the Lord, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you're even in ministry. I don't know. God knows, though. He knows perfectly everything about you. There's nothing about you or about me that we can hide from God. (laughs) Do you remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of, of Eden when they had sinned? And God asked for them. They thought they were slick. And they grabbed some fig trees, leaves, leaves from the fig tree, and began to wrap it around themselves, hoping that that would hide them. And the deed, the evil deed they did by disobeying God would somehow be hidden. We cannot hide from God, just as they were not able to hide from God, neither can you nor I hide from God. God knows all about us, and he still loves us. Imagine that. He knows all about us, and he still loves us. Power to forgive us. Jesus already paid the price so that you and I, no matter what we have done, even if it's a matter of taking somebody else's life, the worst possible thing I can imagine or the most pervert and perverted act that still can be forgiven by the blood of Jesus. But we have to be willing to humble ourselves and cry out to God and ask God to forgive us and ask God to cleanse us from our filth and our wickedness. You don't have to have ever killed anybody. You don't ever have have done any kind of really sexual perverted thing. But If you're not living for God, then you're in disobedience and you're not walking with God and you need to be right with God and I need to be right with God. Now, I've made my decision and that's to follow Jesus. I've asked God to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me and to allow his Holy Spirit to come into my life because it's only by his Holy Spirit that that I now have the power to say no to the devil and to say yes to God. In my own self, of course, I can't do anything that's going to be right. And I will not be pleasing to God in my own flesh. That will never happen. 
That's why Jesus had to come, because he was the only one without sin. So he, he came. He came, and he gave himself as a ransom for my sin, for your sin. Without him, we're lost. Without him, there is no hope. I can tell you that right now. Don't even try to try to see, you know, what I can work up, what I can do, how I can impress God. It doesn't work. God will not honor it. The Heavenly Father sees you, sees me. Outside of Jesus, we are men and women most miserable. Our blood is guilty. We have offended a holy God, and we do not have what it takes in ourselves and of ourselves to get back, to cross that gap that will lead us back to God. We just don't have it. Only be Jesus. Jesus is the only sacrifice that was made and was given only by the blood that he shed. Nobody else's blood can make us righteous. No, not one. This is the time, whether you're listening from one of our newest nations, if you're listening from Ecuador, if you're listening from Taiwan, if you're listening from Serbia, if you're listening from the Republic of Serbia or Croatia or Honduras, Venezuela, or any one of the other 91-plus nations, the only way that we are going to succeed in this coming year that God in his mercy has allowed us to live in is to place Jesus front and center. Won't you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, for those of you that don't know the Lord, just repeat after me. I know that I've sinned against you, and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in the blood that Jesus shed for me on Calvary's cross. I invite your Holy Spirit to come and live inside of me. Teach me how to serve you. Teach me how to love you. Teach me how to pray. And God, bless me with a good Holy Bible, not a corrupted version, not a Jehovah Witness Bible or some other cult Bible, but help me to get a good Holy Bible and help me to get into a good Christian fellowship or church where they're teaching the truth of the Bible, the truth of the Word of God, the truth that Jesus Christ is our only hope, our only Savior. There is no other. And God, help me to live the destiny that you have purposed for my life. Bless me, O oh God, and make me a blessing, I pray. Break off every curse off of me, off of my family, off of my family line and generation. Break them off in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, I pray. Give me the victory and help me to always place you front and center. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. The Lord loves you so very much. I love you too, but Jesus loves you best. Until next time, on Reaching Out Radio International, this is your sister Pearl. God bless you. Bye-bye.